0: Welcome back to the Crying in My Cheesecake podcast. I am Danielle, your host here. And guys, I have something really exciting for you. I have my first ever guest on this podcast. And her name is Paulette Stamper. She is a Bible study teacher, a Bible study author, a speaker, and boy, does she love Jesus and his word. And I just her zeal for God's word and her love of God's word is contagious. I can't even explain it. She is my hashtag home, meaning that it's just there is something when we are together, it feels like home. She lives in Indianapolis. She's married to her husband and she's got three little golden doodles that are the cutest things ever. She has authored a a few, quite a few uh, Bible studies and an actual book. It's called Straight Up Crazy, A Call to Radical Faith. She is currently working on a few things behind the scenes of some prophecy and some study on prophecy, and she's doing some stuff with an elders team. And I'm just so excited to have her here. We are going to discuss, or we did discuss, this idea of how studying the Bible and being in church is no longer normal. You know, when I was growing up, it was just, it wasn't it was abnormal that you didn't go to church. And so it's kind of a countercultural thing, again, like just on a more deep level. But how do we break through that? And what is the importance? Why do we get in our Bible and Bible studies? and, And where do we get the balance and that kind of thing? So welcome to our discussion and may you enjoy and we'll talk to you soon. Paulette, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful that you would share your wisdom with us as a Bible teacher and your passion for God's word. And I just know that you're going to help light us all on fire for God's word. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. This is fun. Good. So we're going to talk today about this idea of studying the Bible. And it seems just so, you know, like going to church with grandma or going to church in the old days that we just You know, there was Bible study, Sunday school, church, and now it's just kind of, we've become a culture that where in my childhood, it was abnormal if you didn't go to church and do these things, but we've become a culture where going to church is like, oh, you do? Or those of us that want to incorporate Bible study in our daily lives, it just is starting to get kind of flushed out with real life. So we want to discuss today this idea of why in the world we study the Bible and Paulette, what are your thoughts on this? I know we've talked about some statistics about people that call themselves believers and what that looks or what that looks like that their Christian worldview might be a little skewed at the moment.
1: Very much so. Well, let me start by saying, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I'm so glad you're doing this. Thank you for letting me do this with you. Thank you. Um, maybe what your listeners need to know is that we've been friends for a very long time. So <laughs> we yes. get going. And you know, chase a few rabbits, don't be surprised. <laughs> um so <laughs> am I lying? So um Daniel, there's so many things I want to say. Um, what fires me up, what gets me going, the reason that I get to go spend time with Jesus in the Word, because He speaks. Um, He speaks and the primary number one way that we hear God speak to us is through His Word. And so I am grateful that um, that I live in a generation that provides so many opportunities to dig into the word, to know the word, to have the word. Um, you know, so many different translations, like we were just talking about. Um, I'm grateful for that. And, Not only do I enjoy doing it, because it it really is my absolute favorite thing to do is to read and to study God's word and to um, dive in deep and to discover um, just new treasures, all all of that. I love doing it. But I also love um, teaching it. Um, which is just hilarious, and as you know, there's just so many um, backstories to that because <laughs> I am not who I used to be. Um, but God has brought me to this point now where it is not enough for me to study God's word just for me. I want to share what He's teaching me with basically with anybody that'll listen. So, <laughs> yep.
0: I feel you on that, yeah. and that's that is um, what we what we have learned or been blessed with. We get to share with others, and I love that. Your heart is for sharing, and not just sharing, but taking the time and the the effort and um, resources to dig in. like you want to go talk to the sources. You want to go find the source of what's really behind all of these stories. How does that Old Testament you know bridge into who we are today if we're New Testament followers? like what you know, all of that kind of stuff? Mm. So I love that. And the fact that, you know, studying our Bible is the first thing, you know, like it, it helps us to come to faith. I'm sure that some of us may go to church and may have given our lives over to Jesus or had an altar call and we gave our lives to Jesus. But while we are fresh in that faith, we got to get in that word to know who we are being faithful to.
1: Yeah. And I agree. Um, I think it's exactly what you're just saying. It's we, um, we come to faith and it's such a gift to come to faith but then if we're going to walk with the lord if we're going to grow in intimacy with him the only way to do that is by studying god's word because that's how we get to know god and i've 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 heard other christians say this and i it doesn't settle well with me tell me what you think about this when when i've heard other christians say well you know we we grew up in the church and i think that we know everything that we need to know now we just need to live it out no, 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 I mean... I think I understand where they're coming from when they say that, because we might have a lot of head knowledge, and it is true. It's time for that knowledge to move down from our head to our heart and actually start living it out. But I would also push back on that a little bit, too, because I believe that if you if you embrace that completely, then what you're telling me is you've reached your limit. You know everything that you need to know, and there's nothing more to learn about God or about his character or what the Bible says. Um, so you're just good where you are. You just need to live out what you know. Um, yes, we need to live out. We know what we know. However, to think that that there's not a need to continue to grow in our knowledge of God's word. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know what else to say? Like, no. How about let's keep studying? And I would even go as far as to say this: like, all of those things um, you know you just mentioned. What does the Old Testament have to do with us? as new testament believers. Oh my gosh, that's our heritage. Absolutely. Um when we come to faith in Christ, we are grafted into God's family and when we read about the the stories of how God interacted with his people the Israelites in the Old Testament, that is that's gold for us. That's how we learn God's character because that's That's how God revealed himself. So yes, I would push back hard on that and say, you know what? Even those obscure stories out of, oh, I don't know, First Chronicles, (laughs) which is big a book in the Old Testament, they can teach us valuable, valuable information and truths about the character of God. So does it matter? Absolutely, it matters. And here's the thing. If you approach God's word with a a humble and um, expectant heart, and just Lord, teach me something today. He's going to answer that prayer. Here's the thing. God wants to be known. He wants us to know him. And or like I said before, the, the guy deep in his word. So if we approach it with an attitude of Lord, please teach me. I am coming to you. I want you yourself to teach me um, my paraphrase, but I'm pretty sure God's going, okay, let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I agree. But here's the thing that you just, that you just said we have to humble ourselves before the Lord. And the other thing is that we're not, yeah. I don't know about you, but in, in my life, I feel like instant gratification is just, it's, it's what we go to. Wherever we can get instantly gratified is where we go because we're going to get gratified immediately. There, there's no value in delayed gratification. So this, the, the argument that you brought up to begin with about, you know, well, we just need to start moving the head knowledge into the heart. While that's true, if we're not digging into the word and continuing to expound upon what we I would call it a holy habit that we're in our in the word and it's going to transform us it is going to take us from mm-hmm. where we are and move us to the next realm because we're living it out in act of obedience and mm-hmm. you know like my pastor said this morning that obedience is not you know, a reward. Like we don't have to work. It doesn't mean that we've earned favor with God. It means because he's already done all the work. We don't have to earn a dang thing. We just have to surrender. And there's two ways that he, I love that he said this because it goes along with delayed gratification thing that he's like, obedience is a response to God, right? We know like we are going to be obedient to him because we honor him. We understand his sovereignty. We understand his mercy and grace that he's bestowed upon us, but it's also a reward for the future. Like we're putting this future that we get to go home with him, that we have an eternity with him. Yeah. That, you know, that honoring that we're doing now. And then like, I would almost wager to say that the more that we are in the word and the more we allow the word to transform us, the more we're going to live it out. And then the more that people are going to be affected, God's people are going to be affected because the blessings that we may have, or like you said, like we started saying, like the knowledge that we have, we want to share. So more people are going to be affected and thus we're living it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I would, and to your point, that's not the goal. I mean, the goal is Jesus. Yes. And when you when you say things like um, delayed gratification, or you know, like we want instant gratification, that kind of thing, but I always I always think um, anything in life, any any good relationship that you have, it never starts out deep. You know, you have to build on that. Um, yeah. You know, I th- I've been married twenty one years. And my relationship with my husband today doesn't look like it did in the first year of our marriage or the second or the third, but those years were necessary to build, you know, and I'm hoping if the Lord lets us live, you know, in another 20 years, it's not going to look anything like it does today. It's going to be even deeper. And so it, it takes, I just, I wish that there was some way that you could just encourage people to do the work because you know when when you first become a christian and you're all excited and um and you dig straight into the word you're like oh this is fine but then it kind of gets old or not old but maybe like you just kind of start to um i don't know life gets in the way and yeah. then you just kind of let it you know dwindle off and then you wonder you know 6 months from then well how come i don't feel like i did when i first became a christian or um what's because you have to be consistent about I'm going to use the plant analogy. I hate when people do this, but literally you have to... It's, it's so overused, I think, but, yeah. but it makes sense. You have to water it. You have to fertilize it. That's what makes the roots grow. Because if you don't tend to it, then when life does happen and the winds do start to blow, it's going to just snap into like a twig. But if you put the time in, if you put the effort in, then the roots are going to grow deep. And then when the storms do come, it's not going to blow over. And to your point, that's when when you are mature in Christ, when you've put the time in and you've put the energy in and you've been diligent about it, remind me to swing back around to that because you don't just do it just because you have to, but you do it right. because you want to. But when you do that, then that's when it's going to be an outpouring, a natural outpouring. And yeah. that's what's attractive to others around you. And they say, what What do you have? I don't understand what you've got going on, what's going on with you. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. Now, let me go back. So read my Bible now because I, I mean, you can say that, but that's not going to last very long because at the end of the day, we do what we want to do. And so it, it starts with a, a deep, sincere longing to want to know and walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, to know him, to love him more. And that I'm so grateful that God has brought me to a point in my life. Um, and I'm old enough, it's taken long enough <laughs> to say, um, what I, I want you more than anything. I want you more than anything. And the reason I go to God's word in the mornings is not just for knowledge, which is fun, I love to learn, I love to learn new things about God. I love to learn things about um the Jews and the Old Testament and the history of Israel. You know i 'm eating up with that right now, yeah, but today, the goal is to grow in my love of Jesus, He is the goal he's always always the goal,
0: yeah, absolutely, like he's always the goal because when when it all comes down to it, it doesn't matter that we have laundry piled. It doesn't matter that we have taught a thousand, a million people or a million people have heard our words about God and about Jesus and what he's done. What matters is me standing raw before my savior. That's what matters. And I need to go there to, you know, I'm going to have to account for the things I've done. And I can just say, but Jesus, but Jesus. Yeah. And so, but it, and it's just, mm-hmm. it, and that's what it, what it is. It, it is to encounter Jesus. And I think a misconception and, and you hit on it in just a minute ago, but this misconception that when we're saved and we're so excited to learn, it's almost like when we find a new hobby that we really like, and we're so excited to like get all the things and, and, you know, have an output or, or create it. Like there's some kind, again, there's something tangible there, right? And then that tangible stuff starts to wear off. And then that's when, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I would say, probably pulls some people away from continuing to get up in the morning when it's hard, when it's dark, when we've had a bad day or a late night and we don't want to get in the word, or we're in a bad mood. I mean, who wants to go straight into the Bible right away when you're in a bad mood or someone has made, you know, something has happened. That's not always the first gut instinct, earthly, you know, fleshly instinct to go do, but we know it's good for Mm -hmm. us. And we know we're going to feel good afterwards. We know that there's something there, but something that I don't think people recognize either is that there is a very real enemy there is a very and and i yeah. i kind of hate saying enemy because enemy doesn't seem to i don't know um give it the real name like the profoundness and i don't even know what to say other than it is the devil like we know we have an enemy named the devil and it and i would say the first thing you're going to be do, like we're no better than jesus so if he was tempted as soon as he came out of the of being baptized and he's going to be tempted. We're going to be tempted. We're going to have things come at us. And, you know, in the beginning, what would you say to possibly a new believer or someone that wants to get back in the word? What would you say to them about watching out for the schemes of the devil? Oh gosh.
1: Um, (laughs) um, welcome to life. Um, (laughs) What would I say? I would say, um, seriously though, I mean, that's part of it. Um, don't be surprised don't be surprised um i've talked to to christians before and it seems to me like they're genuinely surprised that they're having a hard time <laughs> or that they're um wrestling with temptations that they've wrestled with before or that they even have some doubts in fact i'll i'll say this um i had a conversation with a gal not too long ago, she's really wrestling with some, some doubts and questioning some things. And I said, um, and I've got a really long relationship with this gal. So we, we talk on a a level that I probably wouldn't talk to you with just somebody that I just met (laughs) because, and I would scare them. But with her, we're able to go pretty deep, pretty fast. And I said, you know what, bring your doubt straight up to the top. Like, don't, don't, Sweep it under the rug. Don't say, you know, everything will get normal, just whatever. Deal with it. Bring it up. Ask those questions, and then seek the answers. Because here's the thing: if you can show that um, God has ill intention toward you, because she was doubting God's God's goodness for her life um, because of some of the things that she's tempted with, um, if you can show that God um, has ill intention toward you. Or um intense you know for harm and not for good, or um, you know those kinds of things, if you can if you can reach the conclusion after you have sincerely prayed and sincerely sought God's answer in His word, and then you come to the conclusion that God is against you and not for you, then by all means walk away from Christianity. I mean, obviously I said that with full confidence that that's not the, the answer that she's going to come to if she's sincerely asking, because I believe Jesus when he says, if you ask, you will find, um, when you seek, you will find. Um, so I would say to a new believer or someone who's wanting to get back into the word. Yes, absolutely. Expect to be distracted. Expect to have doubts. Expect to encounter um, massive pushback, um, and to remember. And you said it. I can't say it any more clearly than you did, Danielle. That we have an enemy who, um, who I mean, in the words of Jesus, he seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. So okay. be very well, very well aware of that. And if. Anything, I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but when, when I feel that pushback and when I see the enemy working um, in very specific ways, um, because if you ask God to give you eyes to see, he will give you eyes to see. And so then you can start recognizing the schemes of the enemy. And when you start to see those, um, it, it actually spurs me on. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Is that what you're going to try to do? Well, watch this. You know, now I'm just motivated. Um, but I realize that doesn't work for everybody. So,
0: stubbornness can yeah. be a good thing in some places. And that's one that, like, that's where stubbornness sh- belongs, right? Like, you're not going to get me. <laughs> yep.
1: I'm stubborn for the right things. Absolutely.
0: Um, so, yeah. the other thing, I, one of the schemes of the devil is division. Mm. The vision to isolate believers, to believe that they are alone. And then when we're alone, that we can be easily have scripture misconstrued. And when scripture is misconstrued, we can start believing half-truths of who God is. Yeah. Which is kind of like how we started the conversation. Well, it is true that we need to live out what we're learning in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to stop learning about God because we already know that in scripture it's said, and I am terrible at memorizing scripture, but it's said (laughs) that God is so much bigger. Like we cannot wrap our minds around who God is and what he does. Like we can have little inklings of, oh, he's creator or, and I hate to just be so blase and whatever about it, but it's over. I don't want to get over the fact that he creates, but that's not just who he is. He is not just a God of love. Although he is, he is also equally parts justice. And so I, you know, this whole idea of people being divided and then believing that they have more, um, what'd you say, inspiration or more inspired knowledge of the biblical truths start Mm -hmm. to form this idea of progressive Christianity. And I know you and I could go on forever and a day or months (laughs) on progressive Christianity, and can you like from your perspective what does progressive christianity look like? And I know that I could say what it is, but it would not be appropriate necessarily for the proper the proper understanding of what progressive christianity looks like.
1: Um <laughs> Well, I haven't done um, nearly as much research or reading on it as I want to. And I I can, can I just go ahead and like point your listeners to Alyssa Childers, because she's um, done her work and I know she's there's a, she's written a book. It's either out or it's coming out soon. I'm not positive. Um, but I would, um, man, I would point anybody in her direction cause that that's her gig and she speaks brilliantly about it, I think. Um, so from my understanding, it's, um, just in, in Paul, it's very simplistic terms. Um, they have taken, the Bible and made it say what they want it to say in a very politically correct way. We don't want to talk about sin. Uh, we don't really want to talk about the atonement that we actually need the death um, and the blood sacrifice of Jesus to forgive us of our sins because sin is not really an issue. I don't know if they believe in hell or not, but um, but I think, and again, this is just Paul's very simplistic understanding of it, but it, it seems to me like we just want to follow after a God who's um existing to make me happy. Yeah. That's what it feels like.
0: And I would almost go into the fact that there is this thing of um, self as the god where you are trying to yeah. yourself and feel good. And feel good mm-hmm.
1: about what yeah, yeah and feel like um, I feel like and then I feel like (laughs) and my feelings determine who I am and what I do and um you know you can't feelings are going to win over truth every time because really there is no truth there's no absolute truth it's it's what I feel in the moment which is yes so dangerous (laughs) oh my goodness And
0: it's so bad because you and I, like we've joked before, well, it's probably some truth that we struggle with not being in tune with our emotions sometimes because we are so truth driven. And I mean, I'm not speaking for you, but for me, I can come off as very callous because Mm -hmm. I can sometimes be so, you know, driven in truth and the fee, uh, less mm-hmm. or leaving motions, as, emotions aside that I don't think about. So emotions do have a place. Let's not go, you know, say that they don't emotions are indicators, mm-hmm. but just like mm-hmm. motivation to get in your Bible, that motivation yeah. is fleeting. And the way yeah. I feel right now is not going to be how I feel an hour from now. I guarantee you. Okay. That. And, 100%. <laughs> and then like, especially women, as we get older, our feelings can rise and fall quickly. And we have, <laughs> Problems as we get older. So, all knowing all of that, I struggle with um, the idea of, you know, love everybody and all of that, but not, let me, let me like make this clear. Yes, I I want to love everybody and love them well. However, I don't want to love people and then deny sin. And I don't want to.
1: I think that's a big component of um, progressive Christianity. Um, and just a, a general understanding of our culture is you love people by um, giving them what they want or making them happy. Like, you know, as as long as you're happy, then everything is, is good. So don't deny yourself by any stretch of the imagination. You know, do what feels good to you. Do what you know, live out your truth, I think, is yeah. probably... Um, that would cover it all. It's just you know I have my truth and you have your truth and well heaven forbid they're two different things. <laughs> Who's going to win on that one? I don't know. So there's this whole notion of um, that there is no absolute truth and your feelings rule the day. Yeah, it's it's very dangerous. Very well, and dangerous. that would just... I was going somewhere with that, but I don't. Remember.
0: we'll we'll get back to it if it's important um but so that whole idea of your truth my truth and those kinds of things that actually the more we talk about other people's truths the more we take away from the ultimate truth
1: there is absolute truth and that's I mean, that's the thing. If you take away God's word, if you can't agree that God's word is the absolute truth, then you have nothing to stand on. You're you're standing in midair. There's nothing to ground you because someone else is going to come along with a different truth and those truths are going to collide. And then, like I said, who wins? I mean, it, yeah. it's just, it's, I don't even, I don't even know. So, <laughs> hey, guess what? Two plus two does equal four. That's and God's word is truth and it will stand the test of time it always has and it always will.
0: You know there is a I forget which bible study it was that you taught but you were standing I think you were standing on a chair in the middle of the room and you were talking about the word yada about and if you'll expound upon this but this kind of changed my perspective on how I deal with This idea, if there's a question or a division within me, it's like, oh, is this really God's truth? And is this really, or is this the world's truth? Or is this how I'm feeling? And then, you know, we think about circumstances we're going through. I've been through a couple of miscarriages. And that knowing God from experience kind of thing is what kept me going and kept me firm and the roots. So can you talk a little bit about that yada type knowing of God? and how, I think that's how you pronounce it. And then, and talk about how that moves into, you know, how do we know God? How do we know that we know that we know God?
1: Knowing by experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is, um, you have to be very careful when you talk about that. Um, I don't remember when I was teaching that Danielle, it's I We'll have to figure that out later. Um, I've stood on many chairs, but <laughs> I do not remember sitting on a chair talking about that, but who knows? Um, So there is, um, you know, we can know, you know, by reading and, um, you know, gaining knowledge just by reading God's word. And then there is a knowledge that we gain um, through experience, uh, for sure. Um, you know, someone who, this is the first example that crossed my mind, so someone who, um, endures cancer treatments with God will know him on a deeper level than someone who, you know, has only heard about that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, you know, just like you said, you know, walking with the Lord through your miscarriages um, brought you into a deeper, intimate relationship with Jesus than um, before. And, um, you know, I mean, knowing God through the trials of my marriage. Um, you know, by experience, watching God work in my husband and working in me and bringing us to the point that we are now. So there's that, I mean, obviously we're alive and we we all have our own unique experiences and we get to know God through those. But when I say that, I have to be really careful because I, I'm I'm trying to think how someone who doesn't know God's Word who isn't grounded in God's Word or doesn't believe that God's Word is the absolute truth when they hear that phrase, then they think, you know I can get to know God just through whatever experience, and my own interpretation will um, will define God. Does that make sense and so I want to be really careful when I say we do know God deeper and more intimately through the experiences in our life if we are grounded in the truth of God's word to begin with. So, let me see if I can um, give an example of that. I'll I'll use you, and you tell me if I'm wrong or not. So, when you went through your miscarriage, um, you had a foundation that the God who was walking with you. Well, first of all, you believed that God was walking with you through that, so you you had a belief grounded in the truth of God's word, that God is with you and he will never leave you. So there's that truth. And you experienced that truth in, through your experience of the miscarriage. You also believe that God is a God of compassion and kindness and that he is for you and not against you. And because of your, the miscarriage, you experienced that part of God in, in that experience that you were having. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Is that making sense? Okay. So it's not just, um, you know, I'm going to have a random experience out here and then interpret God through my experience. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's more of when you go through the experience, um, we interpret our experience through our knowledge of God because of what we know of him and his word.
0: Yes. So it's like having that filter because, you know, I can go to... A, a different con a concert of a secular band, and I can get goosebumps and excited over that. But that is not necessarily the Holy Spirit working in that experience. The same as worship music, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, just that it doesn't. The circumstance of your experience or experience God through yeah. His, hands, but the only way you can do that is with a foundation in His yeah. Word.
1: If you. Right, 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 I think that way, um, and I'm thinking about the same conversation I had with this gal a couple of weeks ago, the things that she's going through, um if you try to interpret God by the feelings that you're having, yes, then the character of God can become so distorted in your mind because if you're going through hard things and going through hard temptations and if if you're looking at God through that lens, then wow, God can become a very mean God, a very um, unkind God, and um, a God that's um, just against you and not for you. But if you are standing on the truth of God's word, that God is good, he is good, and he wants good things for us, and that he will work all things together for our good, for those who love him, um, that he is for you and wants to prosper you and not to harm you, that changes everything. That puts a whole different perspective on whatever experience it is that we're going through. And then through that experience, we will get to know him on a deeper level.
0: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And then (laughs) all that, all that together. Yeah. All that together though, like deepens our faith roots in the picture that we've always used that when the wind blows, We'll blow yeah. it, but we'll withstand it. We'll come yeah. right, we'll whip right back.
1: Yeah. Up. There is something about, you know, I think about some of the, the situations that I've been through in my life. And I think I, I wouldn't, it was it hard. Everybody can say this. That's walked with the Lord for a long time. Were they hard? Absolutely. They were hard. But when you come out of it on the other side, man, I wouldn't go back and change anything because I know Jesus on a deeper level and a more intimate level, now than I did before. And if Jesus is my goal and he is my goal, then it was worth it. It's yes. worth it. He worth it. Yeah. So yeah. Oh d knowing the character of God is so important. It's one thing to say, and I taught this using a chair too. Do you remember this in mind shift when I said it's one thing to look, look at this chair and say, Oh, I believe that chair would hold me. Yes. Um, I've seen other people say chair. that chair is strong. In fact, I'm going to tell everybody about this chair. Look at that chair. Look how strong that chair is. But then when God says, Hey, stand on this chair, then that's the moment of truth. Well, am I just going to keep you know, giving it lip service and saying, oh, that chair's strong enough, but then I'm going to sit in the floor because really, I don't really trust the chair to hold me. Or am I going to step in faith on top of that chair? And then, then you can say, not only do I I believe that this chair is strong, I can look at you in the face and say, I know this chair is strong. It's the same thing with our relationship with God. We learn so much about his character and God's word, so much about him. But then when we go through things in life and we, we experience him being faithful to his word, mm-hmm. then, then you're something to are working with on the other end of it.
0: That's right. And that's, that's exciting. And I, like it, that's what lights a fire in my tail because I'm like, mm, the enemy's got nothing on this. Like, I, like we've got this guy. Okay. Wait, I don't have this. You do, but I'm going to, I'm just going to tag along. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Like, it,
1: I've told so many people recently, cause you know, I'm just, I'm just getting old and I say, what, It's so sad. one of the things that is so good about getting old, older, I should say, I don't want to get old, but I am getting older. But one of the, the, the best things about getting older is that I can literally look back now over decades and say with full confidence, look at the faithfulness of my God. And when something comes up now, Oh, my approach to so many things now is so different because of the experience I've had with God in my life. I know he's going to be faithful. I know he is. Yeah. My God is faithful. Yeah, that's Good.
0: right. And Graham Lotz yeah. calls um, these circumstances we were talking about, like, you know, things in our marriage or just things that we obviously can't necessarily control. She calls them wake up calls. And the wake up mm-hmm. calls are usually disguised as a crisis in our lives, in our spiritual life. Mm-hmm or emotional, or whatever, right. and it plunges us to mm-hmm. our knees, that yep. the only thing we can do is turn our eyes. Turn our mm-hmm. eyes to God and and just let Him... I think we need that constant reminder. And this is what being in the Word does, because well, let's look at the Israelites. They needed a constant reminder of who their God was, that He was actually in charge. We are no different. And I know that that sounds mm-hmm. so... Um, I don't know, like overuse even at the same, but I don't want to get over that. I don't want to get over the fact that Mm -hmm. at some point there may be a golden cow out there that that gets my attention. I'm not talking about, you know, squirrels that just kind of like Mm -hmm. take me off my thing, but I'm talking about a golden calf. I'm talking, they're, they're, easily to be something. And I don't want to get over the fact that I am just as susceptible that I, that the circumstances that come up in my life are an opportunity to remind myself of who God is and where I belong and where I belong in that story in that kind of thing. So that's, that's exciting to think about. And I like how you Kind of segue, segued into, I think that this, con, or this next topic I want to discuss is like how persecution is now, we, we expect at least those of us that have been believers for a while, and maybe, I don't know if even I'm the last generation that grew up this way, I don't know, but we expect people on the outside of Christianity to attack us or to persecute or to make us feel bad about ourselves or things like that. But we've entered into a time period where the persecution is now going to be inside the church.
1: Mm -hmm. What is how like from other believers?
0: Yes. From other believers. And again, we know that that's the enemy. We know that he has devised this whole thing to put believers against believers. I mean, we can see it on the political landscape. We can see it in this whole COVID quarantine versus masks or no. And like, it's just a consistent, you don't know where, who your allies are. It feels like. I just use the word "feel." Yeah. Anyway, but um, <laughs> but the persecution, <laughs> the persecution on the outside to me seems easier to withstand and to acknowledge and see it for what it is.
1: Absolutely, but, it's so much easier. Yeah, because you expect it; you totally yeah. expect it.
0: But persecution on the inside of the church, what might that possibly look like? And how do we deal with that too? How do we handle when someone else believes the same thing about Jesus as you for the, I mean, for the most part, principle wise, how do we deal with that when, you know, how do, I don't know,
1: how do we deal with that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Let me know when you figure it out. Um, I think, you know, I could probably just circle back around to how we started this whole thing. And, um, for me, um, when I've gotten pushback, um, or experience opposition from, um, someone else who is a believer and, uh, you know, that's really, that's tough. Let's acknowledge that first. It's yeah. really, um, and I think you alluded to this. It's just, it's so much more difficult to, to stomach that or to process that yeah. um, when it's coming someone else, you know, who, who says that they um, walk with the Lord too. That's just really hard. So I think for me, well, let me start with this. So years and years and years and years ago before I even really got into ministry, um, but I was growing um, in my love of um, God's word and just God had really started doing some, some work in me. And, um, one of the prayers that I had started to pray and have prayed consistently since then is that God would give me a deaf ear to everyone, but him. Yes. And, and I meant good and bad. Um, one, because you don't want to be fueled by others' accolades. You know, I don't, I never wanted that to be what motivated me to do anything. Um, and also I never wanted to be slowed down. Um, by someone who um, who would try to, <laughs> well, for lack of a better way of putting it, and try to stop me. Yeah. So I just, I prayed that God would give me a deaf ear to everyone but him, um, good and bad. So at the end of the day, when I would lay my head down on my pillow, I would be able to rest knowing that I had sought to do what the Lord had laid on my heart to do, that I was obedient and that I was listening to him. Um, and I have tried to live by that and believe that I have. I'm not saying that I've, I've nailed it every single time, yeah. but when, when others have come up against me, we'll put it that way, I would go to the Lord and um, ask for discernment on how to fight if it was a battle that he wanted me to fight or if I needed to lay down my right to be right. Um, yes. That was a new lesson for me. <laughs> yep. And trusting whatever it was that God told me to do in each different situation that it was what was best. If that makes sense, so because you know sometimes God would say, "Nope, I'm going to fight for you." You lay down your right to be right. I'm working with that person, and you know, quite frankly, Paulette, it's none of your business, and you'll be fine. You just do what I've called you to do. And then there were other times where God had something, and I would run into opposition. And I, and I think it, I think um, by um, spending time on your and growing those roots of trust and faith, because when when you do experience. Um, opposition from others who are bullied for whatever reason. One, you can always check yourself too. Often there is a place for repentance for all of us. Yeah, it all the time. But when you experience that and you know that you're doing what you need to do, um, and you you are pure and you have checked those a thousand times with a, there is a sweet comfort in knowing that you're doing what God wants you to do, even if others are you. Yeah, And I think that that assurance can only come when you have that intimate relationship with the Lord and you do have deep roots. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. That's- and I, <laughs> technology, I just appreciate people still, you know, being gracious. Technology has been a struggle. Um, and I'm not sure why. And actually, I think I do know why. But um, techn- some of that stuff was cut out. But the the biggest thing is, is growing your faith roots deep and um, acknowledging that you don't you don't always have to be right and you can lay down your right to be right and and then just letting you know by the time you hit the pillow that you have done what God's asked you to do and surrendered to that. So I love that. And then that, you know, all of this like this goes into the conversation of why we study the Bible because we get to know God more intimately. We get to understand that we don't have to control everything. We don't have to be Right in everything, but we can honor our God in surrendering to Him. And you know, another thing that we study the Bible as well to know and to be aware and ready. So I know you're writing a study on or studying to write or and teach about the coming of Jesus and like and studying prophecy. And we don't have to get into all of that, but. We study the Bible so we can be dang ready for him to come because there's the, you know, Jesus talks (laughs) about how two women are the two women in the kitchen, right? They're like milling or something and one goes and one stays. And it talks about the guy in the field or the two guys working in the field and one goes and one stays. And then there's the whole, like, what is it? How many books out of the dang Bible talk about Jesus is coming? Anyway, if it's talked about Mm -hmm. a lot, it's probably important. (laughs) Um, the, yeah. like the whole <laughs> oh, oh no the so like the whole parable about the, the bridesmaids like them and the leaning mm-hmm. to go they weren't prepared so they had to go to the store and they missed the opportunity to come to the reception and like that I don't ever want to I don't want to miss out on the opportunity when Jesus comes. I don't want to miss <laughs> that and I don't want these listeners to miss that opportunity either. So getting in the Bible, we get to know the signs and he's not going to like, even Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back. It only the father knows when he's coming back, but he's given us so much like information about what to be paying attention to.
1: So many signs, you know, he told the, his followers the first time around, you know, you missed it. You should have known when I was coming. And if you dig a little deeper in that, um, if you study in um, Daniel, you can see that Daniel had a, a vision and it's um, depending on what scholar you read, um, they vary on like the specific day, but all of them agree on um, the time of Jesus. And so, It was such a specific prophecy of the time when he would come the first time, when Messiah would come the first time. And Jesus said, you know, oh, you you missed it. You should have known, but you missed it. And then he tells us to be ready and watching for the next time. And you're right. Nobody knows when he will come back again. He says, nobody knows the day or hour. Well, the day or hour, Jesus was very clear that no one would know the hour um, when he returns, however, season um and spoiler alert we are in the season this yes. is it we're yeah. definitely it prophecy is fascinating to study it's um the Bible is full of prophecy it's prophecy is not just about um, the second coming of Jesus prophecy started in Genesis and it runs all the way through revelation. Um, God has made it very clear that He is the God who holds the future, and He wants us to understand. And so, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to study how the whole thing unfolds.
0: Yeah, and that's that's exciting. And and by, you know, we obviously we ha- if it starts in Genesis, the Old Testament is relevant to the New Testament. It's relevant to today. The fact Absolutely. that we are living in in times. I mean, most scholars agree that we are closer than we were even a few years ago.
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um,
0: And a lot of the signs and things are there. And obedience to God, how do we know what we need to be obedient to How do we know um, how to be obedient if we're not in the Bible and what a watchful, ready follower of Christ should look and behave and, and conduct their lives? How should that look? And we have to find it in the Bible. And where would you say that if we were trying to prepare for end time, where would you point us to start reading for an urgency, to gain urgency Where would you point us to start reading? Which like which Bible? Which passage? I mean, which Bible?
1: Which book of the Bible? (laughs) The Um, Holy Bible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which which book of the Bible? And maybe which passages? Which ones really light a fire under your tail when it comes to being urgently ready for Christ's second coming?
1: Oh my gosh, Danielle, that's a crazy question. I mean, can I just say the entire New Testament? So if you're looking for life instruction, you know, how to live this thing out, um, Paul's letters are potent. Yeah. You know, Ephesians yes. is great, Colossians is great, um the letters to the Thessalonians, um Jude, man, Jude okay. packed the punch. Yeah. That's great. Uh, helpful. Acts, Acts is great. I mean, <laughs> pretty much naming the entire New Testament. Yes. I mean, that's that is a day-to-day, you know, how do I live this thing out kind of thing. You're going to find that um I mean, I do love the book of Colossians. Yeah. Um, and Ephesians, obviously, and Philippians. Okay. First and second Thessalonians (laughs) as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All of it. Um, Now, if you were to ask me a different question, and if you were to ask me, hey, Paulette, what got you started on all this? Then I would say the book of Daniel got me started on all of it. Um, Specifically, Daniel chapter nine, verses 24 through 27, to be honest. I studied those four verses for about two months. They're pretty specific. So it's pretty... Um, and I sound like I'm not excited about it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> rocked my world. Oh, my goodness. Um still mind blown. And the more I study, the more questions I have. And I'm still just... Um, you know, digging deep in, in digging deep in these waters. I'm mixing yeah. my analogies. <laughs> swimming that. deep in the waters and digging deep for treasures. Um, it's pretty fascinating, but I, I 100% agree with you and what you said that we are for sure living. in. I believe in the last generation, I know that sounds crazy, but you know, you study for yourself and tell me what you walk away with.
0: Yeah, so. no, that's, that's the case. And you know, something that you said is that you're constantly digging and you can't do that, you can't just take someone's word. You have to know God's word yourself. And then this, my whole thing is just integrity, doing what's right when no one's looking, living the same way Mm -hmm. through all walks of life. Integrity is like a big deal to me. And it's a big deal in my home. And it's a big deal of what even got me started in my business and things and just my faith walk. It's all, I can't be someone I'm not, or I can't be three or four or five different personalities. Like I don't get to be, if I'm a follower of Christ, I have to be who I say I am at all times. And by doing that, when no one's looking. Mm -hmm. And you know, so something my pastor has been saying lately is that really stuck with me. What do you want to be caught doing when Jesus comes back? Oh, that's good. And that really, you know, I started thinking about something. Like it, I'm scrolling my phone. Do I really want to be caught scrolling my phone, or do I want to be ta- or caught talking one on one with people, or with my children, or with whomever it may be that God has in front of me that time that needs to know His word and His and His wow. why we need Him and. Things like that. So that really convicted me that I need to just go the next level.
1: So I heard um, a pastor say once that at any moment during the day, we should be able to drop to our knees and say, God, I'm doing this to your glory, no matter what it is. Any moment during the day, whatever it is. And really, that's living out what Paul said um, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus to the glory of God the Father and we can do everything. I think i read an article once, and I believe it was John Piper, and he said, drinking orange juice to the glory of God. <laughs> and the title caught my attention. But in essence, that's exactly what he was saying, because we literally can do anything and everything throughout the day, whatever it is that we're doing, if we do it with an attitude of gratitude, yeah. and um, just that constant um, longing to be be obedient. And it comes back to this. It's, it's my relationship with Jesus. I can be in constant communion with him. Just like Paul said, pray continuously. You can, you can, you're, Thoughts can even be directed toward the Lord and just commune with him throughout the day. And literally you can drink a glass of orange juice to the glory of God. You you really can. Yeah. So to your point, what your pastor said, you know, what, what do I want to be caught doing? Um, When you, when it says caught, it almost makes you sound like, oh, I don't want to be caught doing that, but you know, anything that we do, we can do it to the glory of God. So. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I want to be caught like Jesus.
0: <laughs> yes, here. Um, and I just I, I, I realized that we have been on here for like over an hour, and um, maybe we'll have to have another. Have really? <laughs> I think so. I think we're gonna have to have another. We're
1: gonna have to edit.
0: Yes, and we're gonna have to have uh, um, another conversation at some point um, about the next things sure. and so forth. But I just really want to thank you so much for coming on here and just circling back to the whole thing. We study the Bible. So we can be ready, and know that when we have to face Jesus, yeah. like literally face to face, that we can look at Him and mm-hmm. know that we have. We can is it in Timothy, Timothy that says um, have a race well done, or what is that? Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. Yes. Right, finish the race. Yes, and that finish the race. Yep.
0: Yes, that's what we want. And so I just want to thank you so much for coming on here to talk to me. And um, <laughs> thank you again. And if people would like to learn more about what you do and who you are, can you point them where you would like them to look?
1: Absolutely. You can find me on um, Facebook. I have a Paulette Stamper Bible teacher page and also my website. It's my name, com. All right.
0: Thank you so much. And we'll have to talk again soon.
1: Thank you. Uh-huh. Let's do it again.
0: Yes. All right. Bye, Daniel. Bye. subscribe or download and rate this podcast at five stars. Thank you so much.